Hey guys, this is Chris and Megan from Tap the Craft. I'm excited to tell you about a new company that we've partnered with called Hopcloth. Hopcloth is based in Tampa, Florida, and they produce some of the best craft beer apparel around. They have great designs such as the Drink Beer From Here series, supporting all 50 U.S. states, as well as other great designs to show that craft beer is not alcoholism, it's a hobby. There are tees, tanks, and hoodies for men, women, and your newborn future beer lovers. We personally own a handful of their shirts, and we can attest they're super soft and comfortable. You can find their website at www.hopcloth.com or check out our Facebook page for links. What community sounds like? Stay open. Craft Beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, head brewer, and owner of Trek Brewing in Columbus, Ohio, is John Ream. How are you doing tonight, John, and what is in your glass? I'm doing all right. I'm trying to uh, catch up on some rest, which isn't going to happen, you know, with New Year's right around the corner. Mm -hmm. Well, tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) So, I'm just going to be tired. You're going to be tired? Just go with it, you know. Okay, okay. You, but uh, you got you got plans though for New Year's. So you're gonna go out and uh, watch the uh, beer, big you know big giant uh, hop drop or something like that. I'm gonna head out to a brewery. Okay. Uh, with with our our good friend of the show, Russ. You know. <laughs> okay. He's real. Okay. I better see photos this time. I want photos. Post it to our Facebook page. You and Russ. You know, maybe not the New Year's kiss. Maybe do that with Kristen, but, uh, you know, just you and him drinking, don't, having don't fun. Don't tell me how to New Year's. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so what's in your yeah. glass? So tonight I am uh, I'm back on the New England IPA train. Uh, as I'll get into later, I had, I had a visit from the beer ferry. Ooh. Um, again. And uh, so I've got some from the Vale. And it's, uh, I really don't want to be you. Oh. <laughs> which is a double dry hop or double dry hopped IPA version of their, I don't want to be you, um, which is a zero IBU beer. Wow. Um, so, I mean, really there's still bitterness in here and from hops, um, because uh, they're they're playing a little fast and loose with the uh, IBUs and in that regard, um, just they're they're focusing on the isomerized alpha acids, which we've talked about in the past, which you get from boiling the the hops and you know extracting the bitterness from them that way. Mm-hmm. You, you still get bitterness from a dry hop addition. Um, it's just hard to quantify how that's going to come across or how much and but but you will get additional bitterness and so they're doing all these hops post boil i guess um 
Okay. To to get it in there. So. Um, so but it's interesting. So that you're able to you're able to actually calm down some of the sweetness by just doing dry hopping. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Have you have you experienced or experimented with this at all in your brewing as a home brewer or even no no? <laughs> and this is the first time I've really heard of anybody taking it to this extreme. Um, you know, it's it's a common practice just to get, you know, put all the hops that, like flavor, aroma, dry hop, all that in that you want, mm-hmm. and then whatever little extra bitterness you need, just put in a tiny addition at the beginning of the boil. You know, just to get you up to where you where you want to be, mm-hmm. um, and I do that a lot. But I, yeah, I haven't gone. You know, a full no boil, or no hops in the boil. You know. Okay. So, so is this beer good enough for you to want to try to uh, you know attempt this yourself, or is it a gimmick? Um. So, uh, it's, it's good. I will say that it, it is old, um, for a new England IPA at least because it's from September. Oh my so, gosh. That is, um, that is old, <laughs> but it's still, you know, I, I will say I had another different one yesterday, uh, that also was past its prime and, uh, did not, was not a pleasant experience. Okay. Um, this is not that, uh, but it's not, you know, that the juiciness, that citrus is not really jumping out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not as full as, you know, some of the others that I've had that were, uh, well, that I got this, this, uh, holiday season that were a week old. Um, so, but it's still pleasant and I'm, I'm curious to, uh, Maybe play around with this. Okay. This is, you know, it's always yeah. fun to push the envelope on stuff like that. Oh, of course. It seems very interesting. I don't believe I've ever had a completely, you know, dry hopped, hopped beer. <laughs> but it sounds interesting. And I know I've heard, I've heard of that before, um, but I just haven't had anyone that's actually tried it before, you know, to talk to. So I'm glad that. Yeah, it, it actually works. It seems seems odd, but hey, this is uh, everyone's everyone's pushing the envelope for trying to create new beer tastes and experiences. So this is a, another new way of doing it. So uh, good good for them. How about you? What are what are you up to, or what are you drinking? Well, I you know what today was we. I'll be honest with you. I'm still in my pajamas. I know that probably makes you upset because you've been working, brewing all day, slaving away, trying to get done to, to record with me tonight. But oh, uh, I'm excited because I know what you're sleeping. <laughs> but uh, but Sarah and I decided that we needed a day just to chill, and it's been you know very hectic last month. In fact, all of December has been a very hectic month for us. A lot of activities, a lot of things going on. And today we just said, you know what? We're not getting out of our pajamas. And I, I never do that because I just, I don't know. I get up early in the morning. I usually want to get ready and, and just, even if I don't do anything, I just want to be, you know, dressed and ready to go in case I have to do something. So I, we just played bum today and it felt really good. I got to watch some Netflix. Uh, we, you know, we, 
well, we watched this series, this uh, little mini series on there called Godless. Have you seen that one, John? So it's a western. No, no, no. It's uh, really good. We really enjoyed it, and we just kind of sat and watched the whole thing, like almost straight through. <laughs> so it's uh, nice. it kept our interest, and we had a good time. But, um, but yeah, I it was pretty relaxing day for us, and I, that's why I sound so awake and ready to record because I, it hasn't been a. It, I haven't. I this is a first recording in like three recordings that I haven't rushed from. Uh, some brewery somewhere after drinking for several hours to, to record. So it feels good to actually be somewhat sober and recording our show. So I, I, hopefully our, our listeners will also enjoy me not so tongue tied and, and slobbering, <laughs> but, uh, but what You're am I dripping what, out of the mic? Yeah. <laughs> dripping all over, but uh, I, I'm drinking some local beer and it's from sockeye brewing. I talk about sockeye all the time. And this is their Winterfest. And I, I think I might have even had some of this on the show a f- few weeks ago, or I don't remember. But uh, it's really good. It's a nice, hoppy winter ale. Um, kind of in a lot, lot like Burr would be, or Celebration Ale. Uh, you know, really close to that. And uh, But it does have some malt in there, too. It's not just all uh, IPA-ish. It's more like a, a malty, hoppy beer. So like, a, like, a, like an extra strong pale. Is that is that a style? An extra strong pale? Uh, I think it is for like the Brewers Association competition stuff. Okay, okay. Or like an extra pale. Yeah, extra uh, pale. Or strong pale ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. I like it a lot. But actually, it's not very pale in color. It's really, you know, kind of orange color, like an amber. But it's much better than amber. Maybe a red ale. Maybe it's a red ale. Hmm. Mine's also orange. Oh. But yours is probably like bright orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the juice. In the <laughs> like the juice, yeah. yeah. All right, well, hey, you know what? We've been chatting away for a few minutes, and I wonder if any new listeners are out there wondering what the hell we're all about. Well, guess what? If you're new to the show, Tap to Craft Podcast is an educational podcast, and we like to focus around celebrating all things craft beer. And we want to help you along in your craft beer journey. And you're listening to episode 90. We're recording on Saturday, December 30th, 2017, which is weird because we don't usually record on a Saturday. Uh, it feels like Sunday, but uh, still pretty good. We're, we're doing it on a Saturday because John's got big plans tomorrow. He's going to be hanging out with Russ, uh, celebrating his New Year's. So he didn't want to hang out with me recording. So we're a day early. Well, you should just come with us. Uh, you know what? That, maybe next year I will. That sounds like a good time. And uh, what are we going to be discussing in this episode? Well, we're going to be talking about some of the beer trends predictions for 2017 that we discussed a year ago. See how you know what they were, kind of just recap what they were, and see if we saw these predictions in 2017 ourselves, if they came true. And, of course, guess what? They have some more predictions for 2018. And they took some brewers out there, and they asked a bunch of different brewers around the country what they think the, the trends will be in 2018 or what they would like to see. And we'll read off some of those and give our opinions, of course. And I have a, uh, a new app that I tried out that I want to share with you guys. And I'm looking forward to, to sharing this app. It's Right now, it's only in the local Boise area, but I think they'll be branching out to other 
uh, areas soon, but they just kicked it off here in, in Boise. And we'll talk about that. And of course, John and I are going to have some great conversation along the way. You already got a little taste of that with our opening. So let's get right into some content, John, and update all of our great listeners on what is going on with Trek Brewing. All right. So yeah, last time I talked about, we finished up painting the front and uh, the weather cooperated before the cold set in. It's been really cold here. Uh lately and uh managed to finish the uh painting on the back too mm. uh so we won't have the the orange you know color coming up anymore once we get the uh the siding on uh the the two other sides of the building um but we're also painting inside so we got uh, the brewery is getting its uh special epoxy painting and everything that'll withstand any cleaning caustic or acid, you know, that, that hits it. Um, not that I intend to be spraying that stuff around <laughs> willy nilly, but hopefully, you know, stuff unfortunately happens, uh, but it'll, it'll be cleanable, you know, in, in the event that, you know, we spray a bunch of beer, you know, it'll be easy to wipe it down and, and get, get it clean. So, but we're, we're also, uh, painting the tap room. So we've, uh, getting everything ready, uh, so that as soon as we can, we can get the doors open. Yes. So, um, I mentioned the patio and I couldn't remember how much I had talked about the patio, but it's poured. Um, and all the posts are in, uh, with the cold weather, the, uh, and now we have snow and everything It works kind of stalled on that for right now, but. Uh, all we have left is to clean up the posts, get the uh, little rope fence in there, and and then uh, wait for the state to say we can use it. So okay, <laughs> all right. But so it's coming along, and it's not not really something we expected that we could actually complete in December. Mm-hmm. So it's not really you know concrete pouring season. Okay, so so, so you're gonna ha- you said you're gonna have a rope fence. It's gonna be how, how high are the the post are they six foot or are they four foot or uh we have uh a few 10 foot posts oh. that'll hold up uh lighting um but then all the other posts are uh well they're they're gonna range depending it it's on a slope so mm-hmm. they they're not all the same but they're in the like three foot eight to four foot you know okay Four range, um, and then rope strung between them. So, all right, you're gonna have like three three tiers of rope, or uh, two two tiers. So, it's, yeah. So it's really just kind of to keep people from straying in and out. It's not really gonna keep people from getting in and out, just to kind of corral them in there. Yeah, uh, two is actually the requirement for the state, um, like the minimum requirement yeah. for the state to be able to have. Uh, or serve alcohol okay, and have it consumed on the patio. Um, Cause apparently if you have one rope, no matter how thick it is, people could still be confused. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, that's what they tell us to do. That's what we'll do. Okay. So. Okay. Well, good. That sounds, yeah. sounds good. So I also hinted at the fact that you've been brewing. So talk about how the brew brewing days have gone and what you're brewing. 
Yeah, so we got our permit. We got our brewer's permit, uh, which allows us to brew and serve our own beer. Um, we have other permits in the works, which I think I mentioned before, that uh, would allow us to serve basically third-party alcohol, um, anybody else's beer, uh, cider, wine, uh, spirits if we want. Um, and that is contingent on us completing our kitchen, uh, which is coming together. Uh, plumbers have, are almost done now. They've uh, rehooked up a bunch of uh, the fixtures that we took out so that we could uh, fix the space up. Um, so that's almost back together. That's another little update, I guess. Um, but yeah, so we got our, our permit, uh, just before Christmas. And, uh, so I went over to Columbus to pick it up. So I didn't have to wait the extra like three days for it to arrive in the mail because mm-hmm. we have to have it on site, uh, to brew. It doesn't matter that they've issued it. Oh, uh, okay. the piece of paper has to physically be there with us. Okay. Um, you know, to be within the letter of the law. Uh, so I didn't want to wait, especially with the holidays, um, you know, losing delivery days for the, for the mail. Uh, so I told him, just let me know and I'll come pick it up. Uh, so I went over, I got it, brought it back. And, uh, then we had to, <laughs> kind of juggle things because we we had started rearranging all of our stuff in the brewery to make space for the painters to have access to the walls. Um, so I'm currently brewing in kind of a uh, not, not settled uh, fashion. It's not fun. Uh, none of my stuff's where I want it to be or where I know it is. And so I'm running all over the place while I'm, while I'm brewing. It's a kind of a, kind of a hassle, but uh, you know, is important so we'll we'll go over and above um but uh brewed our first batch uh on christmas eve actually mm-hmm. <laughs> so um we uh had an issue getting the water on and then we had a water leak oh no um, leading up to it that's what pushed me back i, w- I would have had a couple of batches in before christmas but uh then we had that that trouble but now it's all functional. We're good, uh, water wise. And, uh, then, uh, it got cold, it got really cold. Um, and the heat in the brewery has been offline waiting for parts to come in oh, no. to get it back online. <laughs> um, but it got so cold in that area, uh, despite our best attempts to try to push air into there from, you know, the rest of the building that has functioning, heat mm-hmm. um it was it still was only 40 degrees like in that area and the little fermenter just couldn't keep itself warm oh. uh, so i had to suspend brewing until we could get heat uh which we got on thursday um thankfully the the beer was still chugging right along and it's uh despite um uh, fermenting at uh, around dropping to like 50 degrees. Um, it was still pushing right through and, uh, it, it was nearly finished out when I, when I tested it yesterday. Really? Wow. So yeah, so that's pretty awesome. Um, it's, it's warming back up now that we have heat in there. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it turns out. I'm, I may have to get rid of it, but it was tasting all right. Um, 
you know, still with a little bit of extra sugar in there. Um, so we'll see how it turns out, but if I got to redo it, I'll redo it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so now that we have heat, I am, uh, filling the other fermenters. Uh, so the first beer we did was a, a pale ale and, uh, today I did our cream ale Ooh. and then tomorrow I'll be doing the vanilla stout. Um, okay. and these are beers that will help me identify, you know, changes that I need to make, um, you know, in terms of hopping or, uh, dialing in our efficiency to know how much malt we need, mm-hmm. um, and everything like that. But despite, uh, you know, having everything a little scattered and not where I, uh, want it or, you know, where it'll actually be living, um, the brew system's working really well. Good. So, uh, been, been pleased. I had a couple hiccups with some, uh, some fittings that I, when I put them in, either didn't have enough Teflon tape or didn't have it tightened down quite enough. Sprung a couple leaks the first day, but, uh, got that all squared away and now we're, we're doing well. So yeah, it's, a, it's, I'm happy to be brewing again. I haven't brewed for a while just cause we've been moving and mm-hmm. things have kind of been an upheaval. So feels good to, to be back doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. So you, you're going to have three beers in the fermenters. You say the pale ale is almost done with its fermentation already. Well, you got another day on it, you think, or how long until the pale is done? Um, I'll be testing it again tomorrow to see where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it should be within the next day or two, I would expect. Okay. That it'll be finished out. And, so. and then you'll transfer it into your little mini bright tank, and that's where you'll, uh, you'll, you'll start to pressurize it, carbonate it? Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, we'll uh, take it to the keg. And then you start another but, batch. Well, we can start another batch once we put it in the bright tank. True, true. So, okay. Um, yeah. How, how long so. will it stay in the bright tank? I'm just curious. If is it like, a you know eight hours in the bright tank or a day or how, how long will it stay there? Uh, there, there you can do it fast. Um, I will be taking my time, uh, making sure I'm doing it all the way it needs to be done. You know, getting all my ducks in a row because uh, this is a, a a step and a process that I'm. I haven't done before mm-hmm. Yeah, with my own stuff. I have, you know, witnessed it. I've, uh, stepped through the process, uh, with our larger equipment, essentially. Well, the, the big fermenters over at seven sun, you know, their, their stuff I've, uh, kind of stepped through while they were working on it when I was over there. So, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with it to an extent, but I'm not, uh, not really going to go full bore because if the beer is good and you know, then I don't want to botch it at the, at the, uh, you know, the one yard line. So yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Excellent, John. That's great news. We're glad that beer is finally flowing through your system. It means that, uh, if you've got beer and if, if these three batches turn out and then you start brewing three more, uh, guess what? You have enough beer to, start uh 
open up the doors as long as the doors can open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get yeah. some tables we, in there and get everything situated and uh, off you go. Yeah. We've got a bit, uh, bit of work to do yet, um, but it's coming together. The end is in sight. Um, well, the, the, I should say the beginning is in sight. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the, the but, end to the beginning. Yeah. No, we're getting real excited. It's been a very long process, but we're, we're almost there. Yeah. So. Well, uh, good news. Good news. All right. Well, John, guess what? It's time for you to take some drinks. Let me do some talking cause you, uh, you know, I don't want you to get too parched. So just go ahead and sit back. Relax, take a few sips of your beer. And I'm going to talk about uh, little activities I had during the Christmas time. Uh, I did uh, do a few things. In fact, I mentioned in the last episode that I went to my buddy Adi's house for the lighting of the first candle of Hanukkah. And uh, so in this show, I'm going to talk about going to his house and lighting the last candle of Hanukkah, which is also a celebration. And we had a great time. Uh, We had a lot more people there this time, and we, we... we had we had fun interactive uh time with some singing and and lighting and you know a lot more candles because we had to light all all eight of the candles of of the um of the well the menorah they don't call it menorah they call it uh the hot something else i can't i'm not going to try to pronounce it but uh we had a good time i brought some beer and one of the beers i brought I thought it was uh, kind of it's a beer I've been wanting to try for a while and I hadn't tried it so I went and got a Crowler. It's from Bear Island. Uh, it's their Christmas in Your Mouth Winter Ale, and I thought you know it's kind of a, a you know I, I wanted to get a chuckle out of out of them because I'm going to the last candle lighting of Hanukkah with a Christmas beer, which uh, they enjoyed and everyone enjoyed the beer. It was really good, a nice Christmas ale. Uh, also. Um, I started my vacation. I, my last day of work was the 22nd of December, and my buddy Adam has been off that whole last that week and then this week, and uh, he he was off because his dad was coming in from England, so his his dad showed up and and we wanted to get together and have some beers. So Friday after work, I drove down to Clairvoyant Brewing, which is a brewery I've been talking about uh, a little bit on the show. It's the newest brewery to open in the area. And I'll tell you what, um, they knocked my my socks off again. I had three new beers that I hadn't had before, and all three of them were five cap rating on my untapped. I mean, really, really well done beers. And what were these beers? You might ask. One was an Irish, a dry Irish stout. The other one was an English pale, and the third one was a red ale. Cutting edge. Yeah, they're they're all three different styles. All done wonderfully well. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think Clairvoyant is for real. I I haven't seen another brewery come in so strong in a long time. And if they keep up the good work, I think they're going to make a name for themselves. Uh, and I just, what I like about their beers is they are doing styles that I'm not getting. I mean, yeah, you can get a red ale here and there. And maybe you might have an Irish, a dry Irish stout somewhere. But, you know, English Pales... There's not a lot of places that that will do that style. They, they've done a lot of different English beers that I've enjoyed, and and a lot of different dark beers, dark ales, uh, and they're really good. So I just wanted to throw out that to all the guys, all the people out there listening in the Boise area. If you haven't gone to Clairvoyant, you need to go visit that brewery. Uh, really good stuff they're putting out. 
And uh, I did some other stuff, but I don't want to drag on for too long. So, John, what kind of fun activities did Christmas bring your way? Yeah, so we celebrated Christmas a couple times. Uh, my brother uh, wasn't going to be able to be here for Christmas itself. Um, so he came in a week early uh, for a couple days. And so we got Christmas with them, uh, which was nice. Uh, and, and when he was there, my aunt and uncle also came and brought a ton of beer. They had a suitcase full of beer, um, <laughs> uh, which brought all kinds of goodies, all, a ton of these new England IPAs, uh, which had, had stuff from the Vale, uh, Aslan, uh, other half Trillium, um, and then uh, also some other uh, some other beers like uh, something I think Chris might have mentioned Hunapu. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which I, I got to try. It was the first thing that was opened, um, and uh, also had uh, Canadian breakfast out. Oh, jeez, um, yeah. <laughs> they brought us a bottle of that too. Oh my gosh, lucky you. So yeah, okay. So now both of these beers. Now, have you had either of these beers before? No. So these are both first time. Now, did they live up to the hype? What was your impressions of these two beers? Uh, I enjoyed both of them uh, quite a bit. I think I gave them both fives. Okay. Um, Nice. But uh, I didn't know a whole lot about Hunapu other than that people wanted it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, I had no idea that it had chilies in it and had some spice to it. Um, I had, you know, so... That took me off. It caught me off guard when I took my first sip because I didn't have the bottle in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was poured for me, and uh, I was like, "Whoa, what is that?" You know, because I, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. But um, no, I, I enjoyed them both. Um, and uh, like the Canadian breakfast out, uh, even made my mom a fan, and she does not like dark beers. Oh, so. Um, so she, she enjoyed that one quite a bit. Uh, but it it was very smooth. Um, and yeah, I mean, breakfast out at at its base is just a great beer Mm -hmm. altogether. Mm -hmm. You know, they took good care of this one. So nice. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, along with the New England IPAs, I, I pulled another, uh, five capper that I put out there. Uh, which is other halves, uh, all Citra, everything, mm. uh, UK version, which I think they did a collaboration, <laughs> a collab? yeah. Um, with I want to say Cloudwater. I should have pulled that up. Actually, um, that sounds familiar. That's that might be right. Yeah. Well, I, I got one wrong last last week, um, <laughs> which I wanted to correct, but somebody already called me on it. So oh, we'll, did we'll they cover that? We'll cover that later. Okay. Um, okay. But. Uh, yeah, so who knows? Maybe somebody will correct me on that. Um, but yeah, that one, uh, so far, I'm still working through all the New England IPAs that were that were brought. There were, I don't know, 20 cans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, wow, you got a lot. Um, yeah, some of them are double, like or there's two of each. Um, okay. But uh, no, this, this one was fantastic. So I, I, I mean, well, everybody loves Citra. Yeah. It's in almost everything right yeah. now because oh, it's yeah. really good. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was great. But 
Other than that, uh, not really a lot that's beer related, but just I love watching uh, my boys at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Just you know, the kids just love this time of year, and it's it's awesome being able to to share that with them. So, uh, and they they loved having multiple Christmases thanks to their uncle yeah a, yeah you know. that's a bonus <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, if, so. I, if i could have when i was a kid if i could have two christmases oh yeah that'd be great that'd be yeah great. yeah so it will have to you know they they started kind of expecting like presents every day um because they they got stuff two days in a row when he was here and then uh they're like well what about today no, it's not Christmas. <laughs> you gotta wait. <laughs> that didn't go over too well, but you know they got over it. So, oh, good. But no, we we've had a great great uh, holiday here. Well, good. So. Well, good. We did too. We had a great time too. So, hey, since we're talking beer, let's go right in. I'm gonna talk about a couple noteworthy beers that I had over the last couple weeks. And again, all these beers I'm gonna mention three beers, all five cap ratings. I I was so lucky to drink so many beers that I rated, you know, the highest rating or even below the highest. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I had a lot of great beers, but these three, I wanted to make sure I, I got out to all of our listeners so they can go try and grab it. And the first one is one that I've been disappointed in the last couple of years when we started getting it here in, in my area. But this year it's, it changed, it's, it totally changed my mind on the, on the beer because it was fantastic. And that's Goose Island's Bourbon County Brown St- brand stout uh, the 2017 version i'll tell you what i picked it up actually i wasn't going to pick it up because i was disappointed the last two two years i didn't i was not happy the last two years i thought just too boozy not you know flavors just weren't there i just thought it wasn't wasn't all that that everyone you know claimed it'd be plus they had those contamination issues last year um but my wife being so wonderful we we walked by and she says oh you want this i said ah you know honey uh, you know, I haven't really appreciated it very much. And for the price, you know, I don't know if I want to pay the price. She just put it in my basket and went, no, we're getting it. And I'm glad we did because the beer is fantastic. The flavor is incredible. The, I, the, what's amazing is that you pour it, you put your nose to it. It, it smells like it's going to be a freaking, you know, bourbon barrel bomb. And when you drink it, it's all in the aroma. The flavor is so well balanced between all the flavors that are in there, the, the chocolates and the coffee and the, and the barrel, the vanilla and the barrel age. Everything is balanced really well so you can get all those flavors out of it. And I'll tell you what, I was impressed. So, John, have you had the, this year's version of, of the, of the uh, bur- whatever it is, the Bourbon County Brown brand <laughs> stout? I, no, no, I haven't. I, I didn't pick it up this year. I have. I haven't bought it in, for a while. Yeah, maybe five years. Yeah, you, so. you hadn't missed anything. But I'll tell you what. I don't think you want to miss this year's if you can still get your hands on a bottle. I think you'll be really impressed. Yeah, I, th- I think it's sold out in my area now. Um, oh, damn. Based on the posts I've been seeing online. So okay. All right. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, here's another beer that you're probably sad that you're not in seattle anymore it's from fremont and last <laughs> last show thanks for just couching it this way i really appreciate it last show i talked about their coconut bee bomb well guess what at christmas 
Christmas Day, I celebrated with my family and we drank the Fremont Coffee Cinnamon Bee Bomb. And I'll tell you what, it is also a fantastic beer that the flavors were just done really nice. And the cinnamon wasn't too strong. It wasn't didn't bring too much heat to it. It it was again balanced well. Had a little bit of cinnamon, you know, uh, in the finish. And I really enjoyed this beer. Uh, well, where again, both the coconut one and this one, well worth the money. It's you know it's hard to swallow paying twenty two bucks a bottle for beer, but when it turns out to be really good beer, then the you know the price doesn't mean anything at that point because you feel you got your money's worth. And on both those beers, I felt we we got our money's worth and was really enjoyed. So again, if you're in an area and you can still get it right now, it's probably a little late because these things sold out fast. But if uh, if you do get it in your area, you know, go ahead and spend the money and and try it. They're really good. And the last beer I'm going to talk about is totally different than the first two. It's a beer that's been on my on my list of beers I've wanted to have for a long time, and that's the Amagang Three Philosophers Belgian Quad. Now, for some reason, this beer just never came. You know, we got Amagang in our area for a number of years, but this beer just never seemed to reach. The Boise, for some reason. I'm not sure why it never reached us, but it didn't, it didn't until this year. I finally got my hands on a bottle, and I'll tell you what, I wasn't disappointed. Um, the hype for me was real. It's a Belgian quad, which, you know, you know, everyone knows that I'm really into Belgian beers, and I like the big, you know, the big strong ones, and this beer, for being as, as strong as it is, I forget the ABV on it, you know, it's, it's like 12 or 13 percent or something like that it's pretty big you could not taste any alcohol in this beer it was so well brewed that it just had great flavors and was was really really well done and worth again worth the money that i paid for it uh so yeah those are my uh my noteworthy beers of the last uh, couple weeks so john what kind of, uh, besides already the great beers you've already talked about, what are some other ones you really want to point out to our listeners? Besides so you do more? All right. No, just, the, just uh, the ones on your list. Don't add more than that. Just the ones you did, yeah. Uh, no. Oh, I got about 20. So <laughs> we'll just sit back. Um, no, so uh, the first one I mentioned was uh, as we were winding down the advent calendar, uh, this one uh, popped up, which is the, the Trogues uh, Bourbon Barrel Aged Impending Descent. Wow. Um, which is a uh, stout with vanilla and coffee. Okay. And I, man, I really needed to like refresh my memory and all this stuff before we started recording. It's <laughs> unpro- unprofessional. Um, it had a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. But uh, um, and then uh, obviously Asian Bourbon Barrels. Um, this thing was delicious. Uh, it, it, this was, had, was very viscous. It, mm. you know, had that very thick mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, everything melded together really well. Um, and, uh, enjoyed, uh, splitting this one with, with Kristen, uh, on, uh, Christmas Eve. Nice. So, um, Came home after uh, our first brew and cracked into this bad boy. That, so. That's a good celebration beer. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of celebration beers, um, I had to scratch my Fremont itch. Ooh. Um, with their Brew 2000. 
um, which is uh, barley wine. Uh, Very excellent. This is what we celebrated our uh, getting our license. Oh. Um, So I went and picked that up. And that evening we uh, cracked open this barley wine, uh, which uh, we got from uh, friends Pete and Amanda. Oh, thank you. Awesome friends. But, uh, yeah, very good beer. Um, I don't know if they're going to, you know, do a rebrew or re-release of it. But, uh, yeah, if they ever do, I guess, or you find it in uh, Chris, Chris's world you know, <laughs> yeah. of, of trading. In the whales. It's, in in yeah. the whales trade. Uh, it's, it's worth checking out. So. Okay. So so this uh, their 2000s brew was a recent one, or is this a uh, celebrating a – their last year. I mean, is it a, is it a fresh barley wine or is it one that they made and aged for a year or six months or, uh, it was released, uh, this summer, I believe. Okay. Uh, this past summer. Okay. So, and, um, and it was English or American barley wine? Uh, English. Of course. The, the best I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it, it was also barrel aged. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was very nice. Nice. We, we enjoyed that one quite a bit. Uh, and then finally, I'll end with the uh, Dockfish Head uh, Palo Santo Maron. Ah, the Imperial um, Brown. Yes, uh, very aged Imperial Brown. Yes, I, um, I've, had, I've had this beer actually. <laughs> yeah, that uh, clocks in at like twelve and a half percent yeah, or something it's big. like that. It's big. But it doesn't really taste that way relative to some other dogfish beers. Yeah. You can definitely tell. <laughs> I'll agree um, with that, too. I'll agree with that. This one's very smooth. Uh, and this was a beer I had, and I was like, damn, I wish I had a cigar right now because this would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we'll see. I I think there's a couple. Uh, my dad had picked this up, and so I think he's got a couple of those over there. I might have to see if I can arrange a a stogie and, and one of these <laughs> go really well together. There you go. Yeah. You guys so. can, you can pour them in little brandy glasses and then, uh, you know, have your, your little brandy glass of, of this Imperial Brown with the, uh, with a stogie. That works. Perfect. Yeah. That'd be good. So yeah, that's it for me. Hey, some excellent beers. And I like that. We had a, a wide variety of beers between us that showed, uh, that, w- that we had some great, some great beers. So that's, that's fantastic. All right. Hey, let's get in some feedback from our listeners. Now, we did not have any voicemails again this episode. So we just put it out there. You guys can get your voice on the on the show. Uh, you know, feel free to call us. We'll give you the number here in a little bit. But we did have a lot of feedback from Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so let's just get, just get started here. We had our, our friend Amanda Arguire posted on our Facebook community page. She says... Road trip equals catching up on some episodes. Valuable information learned, like don't trust Denny around your beer chips. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. Oh, but you know, Amanda, you're not my daughter, and I I think you can you can definitely handle your alcohol. So I won't steal your chips. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, Denny's never stolen my my tokens before. <laughs> no, either, so. no. Yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not a token thief. I just am a, a very uh, caring father who helicopter parent yeah that doesn't want uh, (laughs) to have to carry you know his doesn't want his daughter to get embarrassed let's just say that but she did really good 
and I, and honestly, I I probably overreacted, and she because she ended up having an extra drink, and she was fine. So uh, maybe my little girl's grown up; she can handle her alcohol now. But uh, she also posted uh, some more on, another post on the Facebook page, and and um, she actually posted this. Uh, it's a photo. It's a photo of her pointing to a six pack of Jubilee with a photoshopped Harambe face over hers because she took the picture, but her, you know, she didn't look the best in the picture, so she went ahead and photoshopped a, a gorilla face on hers. But she says it's a. Uh, says, don't mind my Harambe face. It was a terrible picture, but I still wanted to point out a good beer when I saw one. And, again, of course, that was to Jubilee, which is one of my favorite beers. So thank you, Amanda, for, for recognizing great beer. Yeah, and Tom Byrne, at Tom Byrne 11 uh, mentioned on Twitter, uh, thanks for indulging my top ten list, guys. Sorry for the tongue twister, Denny. Uh, for the record, the Ancient One B-Bomb was a 375 mil so it didn't wreck my wallet as bad as a bomber would have. <laughs> so I should mention I support long shows. Great for long work nights. Yeah, yeah. And Tom was actually the first one, I think, to listen to our show. Normally it's Tom Joseph. He's really quick to, to download and listen. But Tom works, Tom Byrne works nights. And I think he caught us, you know, right on a night where he needed some extra beer love in his ears and uh, he was actually the first one i think to listen and post like literally before i even got up i get up early too before i even got up on thursday to post it to facebook he'd already you know commented on twitter that uh you know to us so i was i was shocked that was pretty impressive yeah and, and don't apologize for the tongue twister that's what we all live for <laughs> we love hearing denny have problems yeah yeah thank you thank you all right and then kyle uh, at Kyle in Ohio mentioned us on Twitter. He says, listening to the new Tap the Craft, and it sounds like now more than ever, I need to plan on heading down the Trek Brewing once it opens. Doesn't hurt that it's barely 40 minutes from my house. Hashtag Ohio Craft Beer. Hashtag Drink Local. Hashtag Craft Beer. And he also mentioned it in another post. Uh, I had the Ryan Geist Experimental J-Hole a couple weeks ago. It was pretty decent. Way more malt forward than expected but very good ryan geist is always great and we'll have more comments on that here in a little bit yeah but first uh jason lacy at jw lacy uh mentioned on twitter uh started my day with tap the craft uh cheers to denny john and chris see you in 2018 i'll see if we can send lucas down to trek brewing for some glue duty yeah but then you broke his heart yeah, the glue's gone. The glue. okay, I should I should have put that in my update. We're just getting all the glue out of the brewery. Um, there actually is a little bit more glue. Um, we're, it was it was also in t uh, two of our new rooms in our, our lab and the office. Um, it's all out of the office now. There's just uh, two two sections of of wall in the uh, in the lab that oh. glue is left on. So. Oh. But, uh, yeah, it's coming down. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, Jason also, uh, commented on our episode 89 Facebook post. Thanks for all the laughs, discussions, and heck, even mentioning myself and my silly projects, like battle of beer, flux post, uh, during your <laughs> airtime, uh, been great getting to know you all over the years. Cheers to 2018. Cheers for yeah. sure. Cheers. Yeah. All right. And then I mentioned Tom Joseph. He didn't. 
Didn't fail to post on our Facebook page. Says, a bad morning of traffic got a lot better. I just finished a two-hour episode and read that Trek Brewing is official. Congrats, John. I am ready for my first crowler of Trek IPA. Hashtag, Russ isn't real. Oh, Tom, Tom, yeah, Tom. Steve. <laughs> a non-believer. Yeah. yeah. Non-believer in this, in this Christmas season. Shame. Um... But uh, Travis, uh, at minus STL, uh, mentioned on Twitter, I can vouch per, for perennial beers here in St. Louis. Amazing brewery with some great offerings. Uh, have a few bottles sitting at home. You definitely need to visit them if you're ever in the area. Yeah, for sure. So, See? so yeah. perennial. I mean, honestly, there was quite a few breweries on, on that uh, list of the best breweries of 2017 that um, – that, yeah, we can be vouched for being good beer. I just wish that we could all, you know, too bad the distribution system couldn't be a little bit better where all the breweries could get out to everywhere. But of course, you'd have to be able to brew enough beer to do that too. So I guess it makes sense that, you know, you can't rush things. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't mind heading that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, we should do a St. Louis run. Yeah, maybe we- I'll head out there when the Reds are in town sometime. Yeah. See them get their <laughs> butts kicked. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for putting it more uh, more kindly than yeah, I was going to. Yeah. That's why I paused. I was like, ah, I shouldn't say that. No, uh, it's just <laughs> it's, it's just funny. It's just funny that uh, you know on on uh, on the bad fodder figures. Matt his uh, they did a little show of people. I think some listeners asked him questions to answer on the show, and one of them was, "What's the worst thing of 2017?" and and basically, Matt's comment was all the all the Cincinnati sports teams is the worst of the year because <laughs> he's been he just had bad you know all the sports have been pretty bad at Cincinnati this year but hey it's always next year always next year all right Kevin Page wrote on our Facebook community wall he says Trek Brewing VIP package includes paint scraping hands on experience. A black IPA, you don't have to drink it. No one else does. And the cost, unload your forklift. We don't know how to. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's a VIP package you can uh, offer yeah. to uh, to Trek um, visitors. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going <laughs> to reserve that black IPA for when, when Kevin makes a trip up north. So. Okay, okay. He, but uh, he also, he answers our question on what he thinks, that, or he, or actually what his take on the term shelfie is. And I was right, John. Let's just see what he says. He says, shelfie, any beer that you can buy at a grocery supermarket liquor store. I'm sort of half joking that outside of special release beers that you can age, the best beer is one you stand in line for, i.e. fresh can release, or you receive in the mail, not in your area and not a shelfie in that local area. I'm not 100% adverse to them, but I'm really gravitating towards the breweries doing a canned bottle release and not something that you can pick up via distro. So, wow, he's hardcore. I mean, he really wants to get... For one thing, he likes standing in lines, and I don't... And he likes paying a lot of money for beers, if, you know... If, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like the ease of being able to walk into my grocery store and getting some of my local craft beer on the shelves there and instead of have to going to the brewery i mean i like to visit the brewery but you know sometimes i don't want to pay five dollars a glass or six dollars a glass of beer when i can buy a six pack for you know ten dollars 
and then I can get six beers for the price of two. So I don't know. I what do you think, John? You think that uh, that that Kevin's uh, mindset is what a lot of new craft beer drinkers are thinking? Uh, I would say not a lot of new new beer. I think that's more in, in when you've you've fallen into the depths, like a lot of us. Okay. Um, I would say new. You're you are those. You're there picking the stuff up at the at the grocery and you know feeling your way through it. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. Um. I mean. Thankfully, there are people, plenty of people that uh, want to do both. Yeah, you know, for the breweries out there. So, so do you think that you're going to eventually be offering these fresh releases, like buy on day one type stuff, and and have a, I don't know, have special bottle releases that no one else can get except for at the brewery? Yeah, I mean, we'll probably have uh, ticketed events um, for our Black IPA. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, all right, and for every ticket, uh, you get a free scrape of the wall. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's the payment. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and you'll let them ride the the forklift too. Well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> no. All right. Um, but uh, Craft Beer Joe at Craft Beer Joe uh, mentioned on Twitter, uh, listening to your latest episode, I appreciate the shout out. The other brand of uh, Listerman is Triple Digit Brew. But yeah, I was listening to the last episode, and as soon as I said, uh, I don't know, I, I think I said something about 100, 100 something, I, I don't know. Mm. But as soon as I heard what I said, I was like, well, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, setting setting the record straight. Um, it is triple digit brew. So, uh, but he, he said, also, you, you got Ryan Geist in your area because they did a collab with Melvin Brewing. Mm hmm. Experimental J hole was tasty, but that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, craft beer Joe was the first one to mention the fact that it was, that the, it was a collab between Melvin and Ryan guys. I had no idea. Um, and while we're at it, I'll, I'll keep talking about this in a minute, but while we're at it, Brad Fatler also, uh, mentioned on Twitter that Ryan Guy's J-Hole is available in Boise because it's a collab with Melvin. They don't distribute out there yet. So I went, I actually, when I saw that pop up, I was excited because I thought it was Ryan Guy's. It didn't say Ryan Guy's collab or anything or Melvin or whatever. So when I went to the Growler guys to go get it, they didn't have it on there. And the guy that was behind the, the taps had no idea what I was talking about. And I was like, okay, well, maybe it's just a mistake you guys made. And that was, this was before I saw that it was a collab. I went back on, um, oh, on that Friday, the Friday that I went, uh, that last day of work, I went to, uh, I went to the Clairvoyant Brewing and had some some beers with uh, my buddy Adam and his dad, and then I went to Growler Guys and had some more beers with some more friends, and they actually had the J Hole on tap, so I actually got to have a a pint of it on Friday. Now, why they? It didn't. Sh I don't know what happened. Why it didn't show up when I went in there earlier in the week, but I had a glass and actually it was pretty good. Now, was it an outstanding IPA? I think they, I think they call it a red IPA too. No, it's not an outstanding, but it was but it was good. It wasn't a bad IPA. It just wasn't anything that stood out above and beyond what I expected. 
Uh, it was a little bit maltier. It had a little bit more uh, body to it uh, and not as much hop hoppiness to it, which is surprising because Melvin is just known for their really good hoppy IPAs. And to get an IPA that wasn't just like a lot of hop was surprising. But, uh, but hey, I'm glad I got to try it. I still am looking forward to Ryan Geist eventually, maybe one day, getting out here to Boise and let me try some of their beers. But no matter what, I'll be trying them when I, when I go to Ohio next year in just a few months, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, so thank you, everyone, for uh, all of your feedback and answering our questions and correcting John on his uh, mistakes. We really appreciate it, and uh, keep it up. And if anyone else out there that wasn't leaving comments or questions or anything, you can do that very easy. You can contact the show with your comments or questions through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or Twitter. Just find us at tapthecraft. And, of course, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And don't forget that we do have a voicemail number. No one's using it right now, but it's still there. It's live. You can just call 208 536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY if that's easier for you to remember. Leave your feedback, leave your questions, have your voice heard on the show. And of course, if you don't have a pen to write down right now, don't fret. You can find the number in the description of the podcast on your podcast player. Just hit that little information button and scroll down until you find the phone number and then Maybe it's even highlighted if it's on your phone. Just call it. Just push the button and call and leave a message. And we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show. They do provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we believe you'll find some more great content like the following. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we are going to discuss how well the predicted beer trends of 2017 came true and what some brewers around the country predict will be the trends of 2018. And so I wanted to quickly cover, if, if any of you guys are you know still listening from uh, from earlier in the year, when Chris and I were on here, we did articles that were discussing the beer trends of 2017 that they they were predicting. Uh, I want to just highlight or just briefly talk about some of the trends. Uh, John and I will just answer back if we saw these trends uh, active or if they just didn't happen or if maybe they'll happen in in the the next year. So we're going to go talk about that and then we're going to go ahead and there's an article uh, that talks about the trends of 2018 that we'll talk about too that are, you know, some curious insight from brewers around the country on what they think that will be the trends. So starting off for 2017, here are what some of the brewery professionals uh, predicted would be the trends this year. Uh, Number one, fall beers move away from pumpkin and more towards lagers, especially the Martzen. Now, John, did you see a reduction in pumpkin beers this year? 
Yes. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that the second part is necessarily true, but there is definitely not as much pumpkin craze going on. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, I'll agree with you. I don't think that I saw more loggers or Marsons, but I did see a lot less pumpkin beers. And I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings for it because I've never been a huge pumpkin beer fan. My wife was always a big pumpkin beer fan. She loves all those pumpkin beers. I only really appreciate it when the pumpkin beers were of different styles than normal pumpkin beers, right? When you have that pumpkin stout, when you have that pumpkin IPA or whatever, right? You have all these styles that are, were that added some pumpkin spice to it that worked really well. Um, those I really appreciated. Um, and honestly, I didn't see that many. I think the one beer that you enjoyed and I enjoyed, I mean, I, I didn't think it was all that, but I, I enjoyed it, was that Atomic Pumpkin from New Belgium. I thought that was a, a really well done pumpkin beer that had creativity to it. It wasn't just a run-of-the-mill, you know, golden ale with some pumpkin spice thrown into it or whatever so yeah yeah okay how about this one john ipas will be more juicy both in hazy and juice flavored aspects i don't think this one's come true at all <laughs> there's been no no juicing uh, yeah i oh, yeah. except I, it's the hottest thing it's the right? hottest thing it's been crazy and i don't you know i don't know there's so many people including kevin page right he loves everything hazy uh i mean that's what his big thing is right now i appreciate the hazy beers but i'll tell you what i don't i just can't see myself drinking them all the time as being my go-to i enjoy them for what they are but i don't know i just yeah they're, they're okay i just don't crave them you know it's not something that i just crave i i crave ales and stouts you know porters and and things I, I look forward to when I see a, a, you know, a nice stout on tap. That's the first thing I'm going to go to is a stout or porter or brown ale because those are the, those are the ones I really appreciate a lot, and those are the ones I want to see, you know, if the brewery is brewing a good version of, of that style. The hazy ones, yeah, they're, they're good, and there's some that are really good, and some that are just okay. I mean, we talked about that hop haze from Sierra Nevada that I was drinking on the last show. And sure, it's not a hazy, it's not the New England IPA style for style, you know, points, but it did provide an experience that I enjoyed. But yeah, it's just weird. So yeah, it's definitely, they called that one and uh, that's probably the biggest trend, I think. Um, I mean, that should be the number one trend of 2017 is definitely hazy. How about the rise of milk stouts? Nope. You don't think so? Nope. I okay, I I have seen way more milk stouts this year than I've ever seen before. So I think Is that like going from like one to three? No, I way more. No 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 no. I'm talking <laughs> no, I'm talking there were so many so here's the deal is I would buy I I used to look and verify that what I'm buying is a stout, not a milk stout. I don't like sweet stouts. I've mentioned that before. So milk stouts are not my favorite. I try to stay away from them because I just don't like the sweetness. They don't have the body that I, I like in the in the in a stout. But now it's getting harder and harder to find that the the breweries aren't necessarily putting milk stout on the beer. You have to actually go to the website or go research it to find out that 
that this beer actually is a milk stout. They're making them, I don't know, I, locally here in my area, almost every brewery is making some version of a milk stout, and and they're not necessarily calling them milk stouts. They're calling them, you know, something else, like Woodland Empire. I can't remember the name of it, but they had a stout. I bought it in a bottle. It didn't say anything on there about being a milk stout. I didn't know it was a milk stout until I poured it in my glass and I drank it. And I realized, holy smokes, this is a freaking milk stout because it was so sweet. So, um, but there is, I think, I think they called this one, I think they predicted this one, maybe not as heavily as like the hazy IPA, but definitely I've had a lot of milk stouts. I've seen a lot of milk stouts in my area that I, I'm not used to seeing. Wow. Not me, I okay. guess. Okay. So. Well, how about this one then? Lots of coffee beers and other styles besides stouts and porters. No. Well, um, not in a chain. Well, let me put it this way. In Seattle, they were doing this already. It had already like moved outside of those two styles uh, before 2017. I haven't, I haven't seen a push from that, at least in Ohio, now that we've moved. And it might be, a, a, you know, part of, you know, I, I don't know the difference of what was here, you know, last year versus in 2016 versus 2017. You know, maybe there was a change in the number of milk stouts, but it just didn't seem like a lot to me, you know, or, you know, some of that, that kind of stuff since I switched markets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would say no to this one. Okay. Because um, I was already seeing it in Seattle before this past year. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so right now in Columbus area, you're not seeing there's a lot of coffee beers besides coffee stouts and porters. No. You're not seeing any uh, coffee but, IPAs that, that the breweries in that area are brewing. You're not seeing any coffee cream ales. Um, I mean, I've seen. I, I, now I'm going to agree with this one too. I have seen an uptake on coffee in different styles because again, I've had a lot of different beers that have had coffee in it that I wouldn't expect to have coffee in. Now, can I name them off the top of my head right now? No. And it's not easy to find them on Untapped because Untapped doesn't necessarily list you know coffee beer. You know, coffee beers is kind of hard to find it. But I know that I've had a lot of different things with coffee in it. Um, more than before. Before you'd find an occasional coffee stout, coffee porter, you know. And, but but yeah, I've had besides the Gusto Crema, which I know is not a new beer, but um, I, there was other coffee um, cream ales and golden ales and stuff that that have come through uh, my. Yeah, and, and but see, like that beer I was having before. Yeah, it ever got to you? Yeah, you know, so it, it's kind of. Yeah, I guess, but I, you know, I used to be in a market that was pushing a lot of those trends. Yeah, you know, where some of this these predictions might come out of, rather than the other the other way around. So. Okay, so then here's where I think you can make a difference, right? Is that if these trends, the trends that you were seeing in Seattle are not being seen in Ohio, you have a good opportunity to bring some of the West Coast flair to uh to ohio and get some of this stuff going you know especially the coffee thing i think yeah well that's I, I think why a coffee I'm... ipa would be great because that is if it, it it's it's i mean i it's it's so shocking when you drink an ipa that has coffee flavor in there just go coffee black ipa yeah coffee actually that'd be perfect coffee black ipa yeah. and you don't even 
You, you just have to have the black coloring and let the coffee be the bittering. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Make Kevin proud. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, how about Kolsch Beers Welcome Craft Beer Newcomers? I think it's a great idea, but it's not happening. Yeah, I didn't happen. It's not happening yet. I agree with that one. That 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 that, that failed. That prediction has failed. How about more fruited sour beers such as Goza and Berliner Weiss? Uh, this is another one that I feel like had happened in my market before, you know, this year. But Goza was definitely a very hot style, but it seems to be waning uh, right now, at least. But maybe okay. it's just because we're out of summer. So I have yeah, yeah, summertime for sure. Bias, you know. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say that yes, I, the Goza Blender Vice is 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 making a popular is is becoming a popular beer offering from breweries these days compared to where they were. I I think it's probably, I mean, at least doubled if not tripled the amount from previous years. So I think it has uh, had an uptick, at least in yeah in my area. But- yeah, but uh, yeah, it's another one that I think the uptick happened before 2017, but I don't think it rose to new heights in this past year. So okay, I, I, I'm going to say I had more gozas this year than I had last year, so I think it has. I mean, you, right. you got to base it on what you drink. I love gozas, so I just when I can get, you know, again, if I can get a style I like, I'm going to drink it, and I I bet if I looked and see how many gozas I drank this year compared to last year. It's probably at least doubled what I had last year. Yeah, but how many of those were already available? You just didn't try them or weren't aware of them because you weren't looking for Gozas? Uh, I don't know. I can't answer that. Yeah. But see. I still think it's still making I – think, <laughs> I think overall – now, keep in mind, John, there's now 6,000 breweries in the United States. You're basing your judgment on the stuff that was going on in Washington that never made it out of Washington State probably most of the time. Now no, I'm, I'm saying there's probably I'm more now breweries. also looking at Ohio where I'm not seeing a lot of this stuff. So, but there's but there's more. I'm saying in my area there's more breweries brewing gozas. You look at Bar- Barbarian Brewing, they they have half their damn uh, tap list is gozas, Blender Vices, sour beers. And so just them coming into the, to the marketplace increased the amount of sours that we're getting here. And then all the other breweries, you know, the first, I, we come here, um, that white, white lab, white lab, I can't remember, white lab brewing, white dog brewing, I think it's called. They came in, opened the summer, and what was a, one of the six beers they had that they brought to us was a blackberry sour, right? A, a sour beer is an opening beer for a brewery. I mean, so there's a lot of... There, you know the breweries are coming and they're and they're providing things that aren't normally provided when a brewery opens. Normally a brewery opens and they're going to have you you know they're going to have the normal staples, and now sours are being added into that opening type uh, market thing. So I, I don't know I, I I say that that yeah that this style is probably if you look at overall in the United States did did more breweries brew gozas last year than the previous year i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna i'm gonna guess that yeah they did because it is a hot trending style that is getting out to more breweries and maybe we saw it earlier in washington and in here but now it's getting into to more of the places that weren't seeing that you know the enjoyment of that beer sure okay how about field beers <laughs> nope 
Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just going to keep saying no. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. The, the only one I see field beers is Woodland Empire. They've been doing field beers from day one, you know, and I mentioned that before, beets and carrots and uh, and potatoes. And, I mean, they add all kinds of things you find out in the garden. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's a trend that most breweries are doing. I'm saying that that's definitely not happening. Yeah, this one to me, it, it's usually a brewery just kind of, runs with it it's not something that a brewery dabbles in Mm -hmm. you know that they try it out and so they have something available from here here and there it seems like it's something you are committed to or you're not yeah and not a lot of people are doing it yeah for sure for sure how about dry hop sours no i don't think those increased really i i don't think Um, so either i mean i I, i've actually had like i mean have I had more? I think I've had my first dry hop sours this year, so maybe it has increased because I'd never had it before. But I don't think it's a big, necessarily big trending thing right now. Um, how about wild beers gone wild? Wild yeast, spontaneous, fer- spontaneous fermentation, and Brettanomyces fermented beers. Um. This one I'm kind of so-so on. Like, yeah, it, it increased, but I don't know that it like. It's been on a steady increase, mm-hmm. you know, year over year over year. So yeah. it's kind of an easy prediction to make. I don't know that like 2017 was a year like where this suddenly exploded or, you know, but sure, there w- there was growth here, but was it more than we were consistently seeing? Probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm going gonna, gonna to say for myself, I think it's actually gone down from previous to now, maybe because there's more beers Maybe it hasn't gone down, but I, because the shelf space is so limited, I'm not seeing the same types of beers on my specialty beer places I go to. And before, you know, some of the ones I were seeing was from like Epic Brewing, where they do a lot of things with wild yeast and, and Brett. Um, and I'm not seeing as many. I can't find their beers on my shelves anymore because those, that's, those yeah. spots are being taken up by other um, breweries. So, uh, yeah, that, well, and that's also a change in some of the model because some of the stuff that, like, some of these beers are things that breweries have taken care of for a long time. They don't make it to market. They're sold out of house. You, mm-hmm. you know, it's that standing in line. You come. You, that's what how you get it, um, rather than it just sitting on the shelf somewhere. Yeah. So. Okay. How about Pilsners? Did Pilsners make a comeback? Nope. Nope. I agree. I haven't seen anything uh, Pilsner related. Now, here are some of the ones that they wanted to see. These weren't ones they predicted were going to be, but things they wanted to see uh, happen. Um, but they weren't going to put down as that they, that they were going to happen. They said they wanted they wanted to see more wheat beers. Have you seen an nope. increase in wheat beers at all? No. No, me neither. How about session everything? Just lower alcohol versions of all beer styles. Nope. I don't know. This was a. I, I've seen. I've actually seen lower alcohol versions, but you're right. I don't think everything's session unless you go to Utah. Then maybe everything would be session. Well, I think there was a rash of pale whales being marketed as session IPAs and stuff <laughs> like that, but um, I, I don't think there's a. Uh, well, let me put this. I don't think that there it, it's happened with the idea of hey, let's have some lower ABV offerings. Okay, 
It yeah. just, it just happened. they may have happened to brew a yeah. beer that happened to be that way, but it wasn't intentional. And so there wasn't, I don't think there's been a push for this mm-hmm. as much as I want it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's really, really come across because I mean, if you look at the things that have happened, like the IP, the hazy IPAs, well, none of those are below like six and a half percent. They're all big beers. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the, the, if you want to say the, the goes and Berliner vices, those would be lower APVs, but a lot of the other sours tend to creep up a bit because you're also eating, consuming all of the sugar usually mm-hmm. and that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I don't think this one's really happened yet, even though it just feels like it should happen. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have seen a lot more IPAs that I've had recently, regular IPAs, not the hazy ones, but a lot of the regular IPAs are, you know, they're not going as big as they, you know, before everything was like 7%, 7.2. I'm seeing a lot more down at that 6% range, which is nice. It's nice to see that they're not going big all the time with these IPAs. Um, but you're right. It's not, it's still not session, uh, sessionable. Okay. Um, how about collaborations between local breweries to make unique beers? I would say collaborations as a whole, as a whole have exploded. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know that between local breweries as much. Um, it usually seems that those type of things center around some kind of event mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but uh, it still it still happens. Yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, I went and sought out a beer that two local breweries did here and got my hands on it. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it's. I think the 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 percentage of local collabs versus just collabs in general yeah. is very small. Yeah, yeah. I so. I think they would have said collaboration between breweries. Um, I think would be more accurate. It definitely. I mean, every heck, I've I probably had fifty collaborated beers this year. I mean, from breweries that had you know besides the fact that I had twelve of them from the from the uh, Sierra Nevada. No, oh, yeah. Pack, but besides that, I mean, there's a lot. Even the one I just mentioned, the 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 Melvin and Ryan guys, right? They just did a. I mean, there's a lot of things like that going on, and we're we're experiencing it, especially in a Pacific Northwest breweries. I, I mean, I'm always getting beers that are being joint collaboration with other breweries, and it's, it is nice to to see the working together. All right, the last one: locally sourced raw materials. This is what they wanted to see trend but not necessarily we're going to call it trend so i know here we have a, i mean one of the breweries i mean cloud nine it, they only buy local uh stuff from idaho i know that there's breweries in that you know i've heard from the podcast i listen to in in columbia in uh, ohio that there are a lot of breweries that buy local uh, ingredients there and also in uh, in the, the Vancouver uh, Cl- um, Canada area in, in Washington there's a lot of locally sourced um, of course the hops are all coming from from there but uh, but even some grains and uh, and and even uh, adjuncts and fruits and things that are, are being put in the beers are coming locally you think this is something that's, that's trending 
that that maybe coming maybe not fully trended in 2017 but maybe, I, I think this might be more of a 2018 2018 thing. yeah Part, partly because uh, well there, there's a lot of it happening here in ohio i know there's a lot of other places that are kind of trying to reinvigorate the you know the hop industry that used to be in this state mm-hmm. and went away or you know grain so i think people are are starting to put the investment into developing these local materials mm-hmm. um but you know it takes time to get that stuff to a point where it can you know sustain more than a brewery doing something with your stuff yeah. for one beer mm-hmm. because it you know it takes a lot of material yeah. so yeah um i, I think this will continue to grow as more people kind of get the investment in it and uh part of the issue is a lot of these folks small small farming operations it's not cheap um and so you you come in at a price point that's higher um and you know the breweries that's away you know well i'd like to do something local but you know that can i justify you know whatever the cost is versus you know what i am normally using Mm -hmm. Uh, so you still have to provide be able to provide a value Um, even if it is more expensive you know there has to be a value in what you what you provide so yeah yeah of course of course all right so now let's go into some trends for 2018 this is uh, an article called craft brewers predict the biggest beer trends for two for 2018 and it's off of vinepair.com is where I uh, got this article. And I'll have a link at the show notes. And uh, we're, there's a few bre- um, brewers that uh, gave their opinion on what they think is going to uh, uh, be a trend. So I'm going to start it off. Um, this is from uh, Adam Beauchamp, a brewmaster and co-founder of Creative or Creature Comforts Brewing Company. He says, I believe... Balanced craft lagers will continue to grow in popularity with experienced craft beer drinkers. There is an element of fatigue that sets in with consumers that are bombarded with countless new options, many of which are less drinkable because of the high bitterness or ABV levels. Fresh Pilsners or American lagers offer a reliably delicious standby to craft drinkers who may occasionally want to simplify it a bit. Some of the most tr- uh, trend-setting craft breweries have been championing these styles lately, which should continue to drive growth. So what do you think, John? Um, are you all for uh, throwing in some, some nice lagers into the mix and giving some palate fatigue relief? Yeah, I think, I think this ties into the uh, predicted you know, session or more low ABV beers um, type mindset that people have been thinking for years would be coming. Um, but we don't seem to be swinging back in that direction. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I would not mind this. And you know, there's a lot of folks that are looking at this as a way to say like, Hey, we're going to show you what this lager should taste like. Yeah. You know, as a, you know, defining point between the macro and the craft. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I could see I could see more of this. So, you know, the other issue is it it's tank space. Yeah, it's just hog up tanks. So, <laughs> but uh, the next one comes from uh, Troy Casey, the owner of Casey Brewing and Blending. 
says, I think we'll continue to see the decline of flagship brands. Uh, consumers have so many options on the shelf and want to try them all. Uh, this will stress the regional brewers more than the small breweries, but it will hurt the smaller breweries as well due to the overload of options that bars, restaurants, and liquor stores have. Hmm. So what do you think about uh, this? This is, I mean, you you when I first read this, I was thinking of of your whole mindset with Trek Brewing. You're, you you aren't going into the marketplace designing beers that you think are going to be your flagship beers. You're going to go into it with the mindset that we're going to give you give the customer beers and whatever they want and they buy. That's going to be the beers we provide them, and not just uh, you know try to force things down their their throat. But are you also planning on doing more experimental stuff and, and, and just keeping rotating taps. So there's always fresh, uh, tastes out there for them. Yeah. And you know, there, there are a lot of different types of beer drinkers mm -hmm. and it's easy to, to get, uh, pigeonholed into thinking that everybody just wants the new thing. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that want the new thing. There are also a lot of people that just still want, you know, the same one or two beers that yeah. they know they can go to and yeah. it's reliable. Mm -hmm. So there, there are different markets. I, I was listening to an interview with, uh, uh, Alameda Island, uh, brewing. I'm blanking on the guy's name now, but, mm. uh, anyway, but he, he was talking about how they, they are trying to toe the line between having things that are new and having their other beers available that, they have accounts that only want this beer and they oh, want it consistently. Yeah. yeah. So how do you make sure you have that stuff ready and still be able to sell to the, the bars that say, no, we've had that. We want something different. No, we've had that. We want something different. Um, you know, you have to have something new or I'm not going to buy from you. Yeah. Um, so it's, it can be difficult to tell that line and either you, uh, just say, screw it. We're not going to brew the same thing twice. We're just going to, continue to pump out new stuff, but that will also, you know, force you to have higher sales costs, you know, and salespeople constantly having to go out and push the new stuff because it's not going to be known to anybody. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but, uh, I think just, I think the decline of flagship brands, um, can, can also just come from the, than just the sheer number of breweries that, that are mm -hmm. going to be out there yeah. and the the lack of shelf and tap space. Yeah. It, it, it just, it's, it's going to force, you know, some things off and, you know, you're going to have to adjust. So. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that, uh, about that. All right. Next one is from, uh, from Josh Freem, co-founder and brewmaster of Freem family brewers, which is, uh, one of my favorites in hood river. It says, the rise of using high-quality fruit in funky or barrel-aged beers will continue to progress and persist to trend in 2018. There's a cult of us that are inspired by the great Lambic producers in Belgium. The Lambic producers' use of fruit in spontaneously fermented beers is incredible and is influencing the American craft scene. I think we're still in the early stages of learning how to use fruit with mixed-cultured beers. There is so much diversity that is possible, and the flavors are incredible. So uh, this one, I think, is uh, is more specially. I mean, I, I don't know. I, 
this is what he's hoping, but I don't think this is going to be a trend necessarily that a bu- you know the majority of the breweries in the states are going to lean to is is uh, using fresh fruit, uh, high quality fresh fruit in their wild fermented uh, beers because there's not that many. I don't think there's a lot that use you know you know wild spontaneously fermented make those kind of beers. So what do you think, John? You think you think this is going to be a trend or just something that this guy's hoping that will may happen um i think this is one of those that it's been you know i and well any comment on continue to progress yeah. i think this is something that's kind of been happening and i think it'll continue to to happen and you know that rate will continue to increase a bit but i don't think it's going to something that suddenly is everywhere yeah partly because this stuff takes time yeah yeah um yeah. and the right so. equipment i mean you gotta have open uh, uh, and Horizontal, square footage, yeah, square uh, footage, ability to hold on to all of it, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's. I mean, I think there'll still be the limited breweries that do it right now. Maybe the ones that will be uh, using, you know, trying to to advance their their uh, skills and using, trying to you know mimic some of the same uh, flavors and stuff we get from Lambic. Now, I mean, we mentioned that. You know, I, I just had two more bottles of Lambic beer for Christmas, um, and yeah, my, my wife paid uh, eight or nine bucks a bottle for, for for each of the bottles we had, but she wanted to enjoy this beer uh, during our Christmas dinner, and we did enjoy it. And it, there is something to say. It's not just it's not it's not it's not, it's not fruit juice like Kevin Page had mentioned in the last episode. It's it really is a very enjoyable malt beverage that has great fruit flavor and it's, it's it's good it's really good it's it's good beer it's just uh again coming from belgium it's expensive if i get it cheaper here in the states maybe uh i'll switch to some freem lambic uh, in the future that might work and then uh eric carl a head brewer at magnify brewing company said we'll see lactose sugars added to more hazy juicy new england style ipas and thus the production of more thick and creamy milkshake IPAs, <laughs> which are made with lactose, oats, vanilla, fruity hop varieties, and a high pectin fruit. Uh, low bitterness and less citrus and tropical fruit notes are hallmarks of the hugely popular New England-style IPA, along with a creamy, soft mouthfeel. Lactose is an ingredient that complements and brings out these components while also adding a pleasant sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's going to trend. I, I mean... I just heard about the milkshake IPA this year, and I think in 2018, I think there's going to be more breweries trying to mimic that style, and we'll see. Yeah, I think some of this has already already started. There are quite a few places that are marketing things as milkshake IPAs, So, um, but I think this will probably be become more widespread as you, you know, kind of what we were talking about a little bit ago, you got to keep pushing it, making it new. You can't keep doing the same yeah. thing anymore. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. Now we have Jason Sinem, co-owner and brewer of Hudson Valley Brewing. Uh, he says, sour IPA will prove to be a trending style in 2018 because I th- think it forms a, ne- a necessary and lasting connection between two of the world's most pr- popular styles and does so in a way that doesn't seem forced but allows both the producer and the consumer to reimagine what each of these of those parent styles should look like 
drawing them closer to each other and providing opportunity for dialogue between the two, specifically in the exploration of varying levels of acidity within the context of New England-style IPA and how that impacts late-end hop oil expression. And that was all one run-on sentence that uh, you need to at least have a period in there somewhere. It would have been would have been nice. Yeah, some some semicolons. Yeah, you had a know. semicolon in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But come on, that was a lot of uh, that's a lot of uh, words in there. So uh, sour IPA. Yeah. I, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you, John. I'm not a huge fan of the sour IPA. Um, I mean, I haven't had. I, I have honestly. I don't think I've had a single sour IPA that I really enjoyed. What do you think? Do you think this is going to be something that people are going to try? Uh, no. I, I think this tried to make a splash. It didn't really connect. Yeah. And um, I, I'd be, well, I'd be surprised. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, and I, I don't think that this will be, um, well, I, I suppose with the New England style IPA, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of dry hopping, so you could do it at the end. But you know, with the short, short shelf life of the New England style IPAs already, I find it hard to to imagine the crossover with sour and yeah. everything, which takes time to develop and yeah. Yeah. And, and all that. So, yeah, we'll see. We might be completely wrong. Maybe they'll come up with something that blows our mind, and it'll be the latest hottest thing. Yeah, we'll see. So. Uh, next is uh, Tim Matthews, head of brewing operations at Oscar Blues. Said brewers are learning more about malt and continuing to delve into different barley origins. Uh, this will result in better barrel-aged stouts and barley wines and bigger production of reds, browns, and porters. I'm all for this. Me too. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of work going into mm-hmm. well, like heritage malts, yeah. you know, old old style malts that kind of died off and aren't really produced for beer making anymore um but uh are making a comeback so yeah no i'm i'm all for it i think you know we had that article that we decided not to actually talk about but you know there are i think they are looking at the malt as being a major contributor to flavor and character of beers and if they can start to hone in on some of those specialties, uh, flavors and stuff, and, and, and even boost these beers even, you know, more in, in the, into greatness. So, yeah, I'm all for some good malt character. All right, the last one is from, uh, and of course, I see, I, I, I left the, the hard name for myself. It's uh, <laughs> Jeppy Jarnit Birdshow, owner of Evil Twin Brewing. He says, "I think we're going, we're going to go, we're going retro next year with the crazy innovation development of sub with substyles such as hazy IPAs, dessert styles, etc. In recent years, a lot of breweries have forgotten good old beer styles that they used to brew, but discontinued for these new, more modern categories. I think more brewers, including myself, will bring some of those throwback styles like Belgian quads or even light and crisp IPAs." If only for a limited release to show that we still, that we're still proud of what we did back even, back then, even though they might not live up to today's hyped styles. I like that Belgian quad as a throwback. Yeah, 
not like that was like super hot or something and then went away. But it's a, it is it is a little depressing though that a, a nice like crisp IPA is a throwback, like something that you don't do anymore. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. 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 So those are some interesting uh predicted trends for 2018. So now that the experts have given us us what they would like to see, John, what would you like to see in 2018. So I, I'd like to see a, a national focus on Central Ohio breweries. <laughs> I think that'd be good. That'd be good for everybody. Um, and when's to start with tea? I mean, if you, it's all about niching down, so sure, <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Um, but uh, no, really, I'm uh, personally, I'd still love to see that swing towards session, yeah, beers and. Not even I'll I would even couch it this way. Not even session. I don't care if it everything gets below five. Let's just not have the starting point at seven. Yeah, you know that that be my my preference. I agree. So, yeah, yeah. And you, you'd think at some point there will be you know some kind of counter counterculture thing going on. You know, for all the craziness uh, that get back to basics, I guess. But. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see it. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. No, I, I agree. In fact, my my uh, what I wanted to see in 2017 was the same things, you know, going back to the session ales. Uh, and also what I wrote in what I want to see in 2018 is explore more of the less common styles that we, you know, same thing that the last guy said, you know, hey, go back to throwback styles. You know, let me see more breweries doing scotch ales doing some extra special bitters doing brown ales and some black ales or yeah, black I, I would consider those throwback styles yeah. like the belgian quad yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but and i will admit that um i'm pleased to see that i did have more of these styles uh present this year when i went to go visit breweries you know even clairvoyant you know, they had an ESB, they had English Pale, they have uh, Dry Irish Stout. They had, I mean, they've had a bunch of different styles that you just don't see all the time. And I, I appreciate that. And um, and even the Black Ale, I went to, uh, oh, what, I think it was, uh, when we went to that uh, Idaho Brewing Company, I didn't have... The beers were just okay, but their black ale was actually really good. And it's nice to see, you know, that there's a brewery actually brewing that, a small brewery brewing things that aren't popular um, and and allow me to enjoy it. So I, I really hope that the new breweries continue that trend and, and start brewing a variety of beers that aren't just IPAs. Uh, I mean, yeah, IPAs are great, but, man... I can only drink so many of them before I need to drink something else, you know, cleanse my palate. So, all right. Well, there we go. Those are our predictions, what we want to see in 2018. Let us know what you want to see in 2018. Just send us a voicemail. Just, you know the number. We'll, we'll play it on the air. Okay. Before we close up, I want to do one quick check it out segment. And this is a new application that I that just came to Boise. In fact, it just started a week ago. And uh, the, the application is called Tap Tokens. 
You can find it at taptokens.com. Now, it's a subscription service for free beer and discounted beers at participating breweries. And right now, they're opening this up. It's actually, I think the, the people that uh, created it are here in the Boise area. And it's opened up at eight breweries in the local area. And what it is, is it's a subscription service. costs $4.99 a month and includes two free beer tokens for every participating brewery each month. Now, these tokens are used as a buy one, get one free. So you buy one beer, use a token to get a second one free. You can get two of those tokens per brewery each month that you subscribe. So as if you do the math, it quickly, uh, you know, you pay five bucks to have the service and just one visit where you buy, you know, four beers, you've not only paid back your subscription, but you one, you know, you got a free beer on top of it. Well, now there's eight different places you can go you know, that's 16 free beers. Um, it seems like a pretty decent deal. So uh, it's currently being kicked off in Boise. I, I don't know when it will be moved out into other states or other, other cities. Um, we'll see, see how fast it grows. Um, there's an app for iOS and Google uh, phones. Uh, it's very easy to use. In fact, I used it yesterday for the first time. Uh, it's You open up the app. Um, it automatically signs you into your account. You create an account. It uses. Uh, it actually charges uh, either your Google Play or your iOS. Uh, it goes straight to Apple, so it's like an Apple subscription. And uh, you open it up. You choose the brewery. Um, they, it shows you the beers that the brewery is offering. Uh, you buy. You, you buy a beer and you go up to the thing and you you uh, tap your token and you tap the beer. And you redeem it, you show that you redeemed it, and then they give you the beer, and it's that easy. It's really simple to use. Um, and supposedly there's going to be other options to get brewery like discounts and stuff that the brewery can do uh, in the future. So if the you know if they want to get you in to uh, you know to to do other um, discounts and stuff, they, they can offer you uh, more reasons to come visit their brewery. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm mainly tossing this out there for all of the, the local listeners, but uh, keep it in the back of your mind. I'll mention it again once I see it go to other states, but uh, I'll, I'll fill you in on, on how well it works uh, in the next, uh, you know, in a month or two, I'll review it and uh, tell you if, it's, if I think it's worth, worth your money and if it is as easy as it seemed when I used it uh, yesterday. All right, any questions, John, about tap tokens? Is this something that if it came to the to the uh, Ohio Columbus area that you might be interested in to try to get uh, people to come into your brewery and, and buy beer and, and uh, get a free beer. Uh, well, hopefully they just want to anyway, but you know, <laughs> um, uh, with, with anything like this, I just have to know more about the, the other end of it. Yeah. And they don't tell any of the people paying five bucks a month about, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the 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 end on the the breweries part, like you know where they get if it's you know I'm not sure how that plays plays into effect. So, but hey, yeah. for the consumer, no. sounds like a good deal. No, for the consumer, it sounds like a great deal. Just why I'm a little skeptical. So. Well, but keep in mind yeah. that each brewery, it's only two two tokens uh, a month, right? So well, per person, per person, though, right? Yeah, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So if there's a lot of people that buy, yeah, and especially if it's an area that has a lot of breweries, they could, yeah, that could get expensive. In fact, we, you know, I was at Mad Swede yesterday when I used it, 
And luckily, Mad Sweet is one of the breweries that's on the, the list, so I'll be using my two tokens there for sure every every month. But I was amazed at how many people at the bar had were, were using the app. There was like eight people that came in and wanted to get their free beer. So it did bring people in. You do have to buy one, get one free. So, I mean, it, it, it doesn't just, they don't come in and get the free beer alone. You, they have to actually buy something before they get the free beer. So, yeah, it, it kind yeah. of, if, and a lot of times it gets you, if it gets them into the door, a lot of times just getting you there and then you start to drink, you know, a lot of times they'll buy more. I think that's the key is just to get people into the brewery, uh, you know, keeping your, your staff busy. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, John, um, we're a little bit over an hour and a half, so let's get this thing closed up. So before we close out, how about uh, raising a glass to someone you'd like to raise a glass to? I just want to thank all all the folks that have been sending in feedback and talking on the Facebook page. It's been great. It's been a ton of uh, ton of folks talking to each other, talking to us. It's awesome to see. So uh, just thanks, everybody, for, I guess, tagging along with us on this. It's, it's fun. On this journey. Yes, yeah. it is fun. All right. No, I agree, John. I want to thank all of our fantastic listeners for sticking it out another year. Another year in the books. And uh, we're starting off to 2018, hopefully on a high note. Now, you noticed Chris wasn't with us today. He'll be gone for a few shows. You're welcome. Oh, wait. <laughs> ah, sorry. Yeah, he'll, be, he'll, be gone. he'll be gone for a few shows, but hopefully he'll be back in February uh, and have a lot of uh, interesting uh, stuff to talk about, about beer. Uh, to join us. Um, I also want to give a toast to my lovely wife, Sarah. Um, she and I celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary uh, last week. So, uh, in fact, actually, it was a week ago today. Actually, one week ago, seven days ago. So, uh, 28 wonderful years, and I hope we have at least 28 more if we can live that long. That'd be great. <laughs> and, of course, I want to raise my glass to my my buddy Adam's uh, father, Trevor, who he and I hit it off really well and had a great time chatting about all kinds of things. I mean, we had, I, I mean, it's amazing that that we just had a, a great time. And he's, you know, he's from England, and I'm from here. And to have two guys that have a total different uh, background uh, be able to hit it off and just chat, uh, it was nice. And we we met that day, and we also met yesterday. So we we have beers twice since he's been here and both times have been really enjoyable. So here, cheers to you, Trevor and my friend, Nikki, who joined us for Christmas dinner and games and fun on Christmas. It was nice to have her uh, celebrate Christmas with us. And of course, uh, all the servicemen and women out there who are serving to protect our freedoms. I just want to raise a glass to you. Thank you for your service and uh, please come home safely to your family soon. And I want to raise a glass to Hopcloth Apparel for partnering up with us. I encourage all of our listeners to go visit their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing. And, of course, use the code TAPTHECRAFT, all one word, at checkout to get free shipping. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw and John, how can I just follow you? 
Twitter at Prime Brewing and tap Prime WA, or you can just follow the brewery Trek Brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or uh, visit us on the website, trekbeer.com. All right. It is last call. Time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to this show. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Tune in Google Play or Podbean or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.